Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of you moms and grandmas. And especially to all of you moms and grandmas who this is your very first Mother's Day. Today is a special day that we honor you for your dedication and your time and your commitment and your love that you bestow upon your children and your grandchildren. And let's be honest, all of the neighborhood children that are welcomed in your home as well. Wasn't that Mommy Rhapsody number incredible? I would have thought that they were looking in my windows on any given day. You might see any one of those things at my house, except the wedding dress. We are not there yet. But one thing that it missed, that it seems that I spend an awful lot of time doing, I don't know about you, but that is looking for things that are lost. Many, many minutes go by in my regular day where I am sorting and looking for keys, phones, shoes, matching socks, underwear for little boys who don't see the value in wearing them, sports uniforms, glasses, that debit card I always put in my back pocket, And yes, sometimes even children, I have to admit. There have been a few anxious moments where I have been afraid I have lost a child in my home. And eventually do find him at the end of my bed, buried under a pile of blankets, taking a nap. Sometimes in all that searching, I have found a favorite book that I forgot about, the pair to my socks, that I'd been looking for, a shirt I forgot I had bought, or maybe even a piece of gum. New, of course. But in all that searching and all that looking, I wonder, how often have I found God? How much time do you really find God in your life? Oh, sure, we find him in gatherings like this on the weekend. And maybe in the mornings during your quiet time. Oh, and during those beautiful sunsets you get here in the Gallatin Valley. The pink-orange skies and the snow-capped mountains in the distance. And you can see God's creative hand as the creator who made those. But is that it? Is that the only time and place that we can find God in our lives? Matthew 28, 20, Jesus promises, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Oh, but what about Monday morning? You know, when you oversleep, the kids are cranky from the long weekend, you ran out of milk and cereal. The dishwasher quit working overnight and left a pile of water on your kitchen floor. When you finally get in the car and get headed to work and to school and all your activities, you discover the gas gauge is on empty. Do you find God there? 
I mean, besides praying that the fumes in your gas tank will get you to the closest gas station. Because Jesus promised, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Or what about Thursdays? You know the day. You have three different kids playing three different sports. They need to be at practice, which of course is at three different times on three different fields. Oh, and you've got to figure out how to get them fed dinner without resorting to the drive-through again. Do you find God there? Can you see God in that place? Because Jesus says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is there when a sweet six-year-old boy with muddy hands shows you what's behind his back, and it's two extra-long dandelions he picked from the front yard that he knew you would just love. God is there when I break down with my husband in tears, saying, I've done all I can, and it just doesn't seem to be enough some days. But I remember that Jesus said, Surely I am with you to the end of the age. I am with you always. And God is with those of you who yourself or perhaps somebody in your family that you know, that this day is not so much a celebration as a challenging one. Maybe you've always longed to be a mother, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Or you think of that child that you buried, or perhaps your mother that you've had to bury recently. Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This Mother's Day weekend, I want to share with you three ways that we can find and discover God in the midst of our lives. And we can do it by looking simply at the life of a mom. I want to ask you a question. Are you familiar with mayhem? You know, mayhem. And I don't mean your house after the end of a long weekend. I mean the State Farm commercial mayhem guy. You know the one who takes great delight in dumping buckets of water in your open convertible? Or who is the blind spot on your car as you drive down the highway? Or he's your ferocious guard dog that you got happily chewing on a bone as the thieves empty your house? As I watch those commercials, I have to remind myself that that it's actually about an insurance company. Because if you ask me, it could be a day in the life of a mom. I imagine the writer of those ads has got to be a mom, either of a toddler or a teenager, or maybe both. And when State Farm calls up and says, hey, we need another mayhem ad, all the mom has to do is think back over her last week and pick out a highlight or two. And she's got her job done quickly and easily. I don't know about you, but 
messy mayhem really comprises a lot of my day-to-day life as a mom. Now, some mess is quite welcomed. Last week, or last year, I was gone for an entire week. And when I came home, the children were all standing along the front steps with funny little grimaces on their faces and their hands clenched. And as I walked up the steps, I soon discovered what was in their clenched hands. It was homemade confetti, which they proceeded to throw all over me and my luggage and our steps and our front entry and our living room. For weeks, we had confetti in our house. But that was okay. It was a mess that I welcomed. It was a mess that I enjoyed because it demonstrated their love and their care for me and that they actually missed me. It's good to be missed every once in a while. Some messes are more easily fixed. One of my daughters, invariably, if something goes wrong during the day, her way of fixing it is she will draw a beautiful picture and then sneak into our bedroom and put it on my pillow. And it's her way of saying, I'm sorry, Mom. I love you. Some messes take a while to fix themselves. Last week, one of my daughters, incredibly frustrated with school and disappointment over her lack of ability to participate in a certain extracurricular activity, took it out on her hair, and she chopped her bangs. They'll get better with time, but time is definitely needed. But all of us, too, also have messes that will never fully heal in this life. Brian mentioned that we have ten children, which is true, but there's actually four more children that should be, we thought, part of our family. The first time I got pregnant, the joy and excitement of expecting a new life in this world filled our home. But it quickly turned to grief and sorrow at 13 weeks when I found out that the baby had died and I had a miscarriage. We were adopting from Haiti and we had been assigned a two-year-old boy named Jameson. And we began the paperwork chase of gathering everything together. And those of you who have been through the adoption process or are right there now know what a struggle and how much work it is to gather that paperwork. And at one point during the adoption, the birth mom of Jameson needed to come in and sign some papers in Haiti. And at that point, she decided that she was going to parent Jameson herself. And she was not going to sign the papers. Such bittersweet emotions went through our minds. On one hand, we were thrilled that Jameson could grow up with his birth family, could grow up in the country and the culture into which he was born. But on the other hand, he was our son. Five years later, I still carry a picture of two-year-old Jameson in my wallet. Some messes take a while or don't ever 
heal. Another girl that was supposed to be part of our family, her name is Laline. She also is from Haiti. She and her sister were assigned to us, and we were going to be their parents. Laline was six years old. And in July, during the adoption process, we found out that she had died. She never had the chance to find out she had a mom and dad. She never had the chance to come home. She never had the chance to be tucked in at night. And I still think of Laleen and who she could have been had she given, been given the opportunity. And the fourth child that was supposed to be part of our family was a baby girl, brand new, newborn baby girl. Surprisingly, a birth mother picked our family with 10 kids, picked our family to parent her child. We never, one, expected to even be chosen, and two, definitely not in the very quick time period that it happened. We got the phone call as the mom was on the way to the hospital. And could we be there in two days? And here were the fees. And after much soul-searching and grief and crying, we had to admit that we could not accept the referral because we, we had no idea it would go so quickly and had no way to get the funds together. Life is messy. But Jesus promises, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. This Christmas, we went to San Antonio and traveled around and saw the sights. And one of the things we did is we went to the Witty Museum. And at the Witty Museum, they have this amazing hurricane simulator. It's kind of like a shower enclosure. And you step in and close the door, and the wind starts out at zero and five and ten miles per hour and works its way up to 60, 70, 80, 90 miles an hour while you're standing in this plastic enclosure. Just for the fun of it. But when it gets to be too much, all you have to do is push open the door and the wind stops immediately. I think sometimes we want God to be like that. Just open the door, God, and stop this mess. Let me get out of this mess. Free me, stop me from this mess. But that isn't, that isn't usually how God works. I mean, sometimes he does. But actually, God says, you know what? I will be right there in the mess with you. God never promised life without mess. God never promised life without mayhem. God never promised life without wind. Ever feel like those poor ducks? <laughs> Tossed and turned and blown off course. 
God promises to be right there beside us in that wind and craziness. And he promises to do even more than that. In Luke 13, Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. When you are in that messy mayhem, that's what God is saying to you. I am not only with you, I long to gather you together under my wings. And that's where we can find God in the messy mayhem. But it's not just there that we can find God. We can also find him in ordinary opportunities. Two weeks ago, it was a gorgeous spring day in Glendive. No matter what Brian says about Glendive, it's a pretty great place to live. It was unseasonably warm, and the children had enjoyed playing outside all afternoon. And late afternoon, they kind of ganged up all together and came up with little smirks on their faces, and I knew they were up to something. They said, Mom, can we just have a a fun picnic dinner out on the lawn tonight and then play games together, you know, all as a family? All I could think of was that it was my last weeks of seminary semester, and I had homework, projects, and papers that I needed to complete. And I desperately wanted to say, not right now, maybe later. But then I realized that I'd said, not right now, maybe later, far too much. And so I said, yes. So for the next hour, we had a great time out on the front lawn, enjoying a picnic dinner, and then playing games. Simple games. John and I took a jump rope, and we stood opposite each other and held the jump rope, and the kids, we lowered it bit by bit, and the kids had a limbo contest under the jump rope. And then when they all had gotten out, then we started with the jump rope low and raised it higher and higher, and they simply jumped over it until they all got out. And at the end of that very simple time together, I felt energized. And I realized that I had laughed and smiled and truly enjoyed myself, something that I hadn't done for a while. And I realized that saying yes and engaging, really engaging with my kids brought life and joy to my life. And I think that's one of our lessons for ordinary opportunities of ways to find God is, is we look to see what brings life in our lives. What brings joy and grace and that sense of love in your life? And conversely, what, what drains life? Where do you experience the least amount of grace and the least amount of joy and love in your life? Pay attention to that. Because Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life, and life to the full. Where it is that you experience grace and joy and love, that is where 
you can have life to the full. That is where you can especially find God. Even in the ordinary, mundane, what we might even say is boring. You know, I've been thinking about Jesus' life, and, and I used to always think of what he would do as far as praying or doing miracles or teaching and worshiping in the synagogue. But I recently realized that, you know, Jesus spent a lot of time sleeping, eating, hanging out with friends, fishing, walking around. The Son of God lived incarnated into a very ordinary life. Oh, I mean, it it had some amazing aspects for sure, but it also had a lot of the ordinary. And for me, that's amazingly good news because my life is usually pretty ordinary. So when we find ourselves in that ordinary time, We can look for God and see him there. Instead of wishing it away or or thinking it boring or an intrusion upon our grand schemes and plans of someday what might happen. C.S. Lewis has a great quote about this. He says, The great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The life God is sending one day by day. What one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. What Lewis writes strikes me as incredibly true, but at the same time, it strikes me as incredibly difficult to do. To enjoy and embrace the everyday ordinary. One ordinary event that happens at our house almost without fail is afternoon rest time. Whether you're 19 or you're 6, in the afternoon, you have rest time. And Mama has rest time. We have two six-year-old boys, and they share a room. But as you can imagine, two six-year-old boys together in one room is anything but restful and quiet. So one will be in their room, and we place the other boy for rest time in our room. So every single night when we go to bed... Upon our bed are the remnants of afternoon rest time. Dirt, rocks, seeds, clothing items, lots of books. Oh, and occasionally there's that snake or lizard or cockroach. They're plastic, mind you, but man, at 11 o'clock at night, they look pretty real. But sometimes, when we go to bed, we discover our room has been picked up and cleaned secretly. The bed has been made and smoothed out, and a love note has been left on my pillow. That is an ordinary opportunity 
to find God. It's an ordinary opportunity when your 10-year-old grabs your hand as you walk across the parking lot. Or your 12-year-old daughter, when she says goodnight, says, Mom, thanks for making Haitian food for dinner tonight. Normal everyday life is what Jesus was incarnated into. Normal everyday life is how we are to live everything, doing all that we are in God's name and giving thanks. But in ordinary everyday life, that's also where we can find God. I would encourage you at the end of every day, ask yourself, What brought grace? What brought life? What brought joy in my life today? And what didn't? And at the end of every week, I would encourage you to think back over your week and ask yourself, where did I see God? Where did God show up this week? And write it down. When you have that written testimony of how God has shown up in your life, It is an amazing thing to be able to look back over and read on those days when you just can't seem to find God. When you do that, you will come to find out that the ordinary, what you used to think was ordinary, really is quite extraordinary. And that brings me to my third place that we can find God and that's in the missed miracles. You might think, what are missed miracles? Well, we know what miracles are, right? Here's an example. We were in Las Vegas about 15 years ago. Didn't have any children at that time. I have multiple sclerosis, and at times it kind of flares up and, and really challenges me, and uh, particularly with walking long distances. And so we had chosen to rent a wheelchair for me to use in Las Vegas so I could expend my energy on interesting things instead of just walking around. And after attending a rather invigorating workshop on the world of concrete, my husband chose the conference, we went to a buffet. And it was going to be rather challenging to walk through or wheel through the buffet line and get food, and so we just parked the wheelchair to the side so I could walk through and get food and and carry on. And as I stood up from the wheelchair, my husband, who is normally very quiet and quite shy, said at a voice loud enough for everyone there to hear, it's a miracle! She can walk! So there's a miracle for you. But the missed miracles are those things that happen day to day in our lives. And if we don't stop to reflect on them, we miss just how amazing it is that God showed up. Sometimes they're as simple as a note of encouragement left by your kids or your spouse or your parents. Other times, the missed miracles are those times when you sit back and you think about what could have been. This past fall, our kids were riding their bikes and they were doing everything we taught them about how to stay safe. 
And Kia, one of our six-year-old boys, was at the end of the line of the kids crossing the street on their bike. And he was in the crosswalk. And an elderly woman turned the corner of the street and didn't see him. Her tire was flat. The bumper was completely ruined. His bike was mangled. But Kia walked away with just a little scrape on his elbow. It was a miracle. Don't miss the miracles in your life. In fact, Psalm 105 says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. These aren't miracles just like parting the Red Sea or raining manna from heaven. These are the circumstances and the details of your life. Jesus promised, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that includes in your messy mayhem, your ordinary opportunities, and your missed miracles. You know, maybe I'm biased because I am one times ten. But it seems to me as a mom, if you're really willing to look, it's actually quite easy to find God. It's the bouquet of weeds sitting in a plastic cup on your dining room table. It's the random hug that a child gives you as he runs out the door before he jumps on the trampoline. It's a child's excited smile of accomplishment that she flashes to you from across the room because she knows and you know that she did that accomplishment because of you. It's that teenager who sincerely asks for and listens to advice. And it's that thank you note written by a grown child. For it is a mom who delights in her children, who lovingly calms and quiets them when they are afraid, who rejoices and celebrates with them as they grow. But that isn't just what a mom does. That is a picture of what our God does. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I'd like to ask you to set your things aside and just move into a posture of prayer before God. Talk with him about the things on your mind and in your heart. About finding him in your life. Is it in the messy mayhem that you need to find him? Is it the ordinary opportunities where you struggle to recognize God? Or is it in the miracles that we so quickly miss because of busyness?
And maybe today, maybe today you recognize for the very first time God in your life and his love for you. And maybe today for the first time you're ready to start that journey of looking for him and responding to him. Father God, we adore you. Would you help us, not just on this Mother's Day weekend, but from here on out, to seek your face. Help us to find you, God, in the mess, in the ordinariness of life, and in the miracles. Thank you, God, for what you are doing in our lives. Thank you, God, for moms, for the love that they show and the care that they bring. We love you, God. And it's in your son's name we pray.